seeing those those people change their minds, seeing lives saved through it uh, was ultimately the, the nail in the coffin that got me here. everyone and welcome back to humans of the pro-life movement humans of the pro-life movement is a segment of the pro-life guys podcast and on it we want to highlight some of the defenders of the defenseless some of the unsung heroes who are doing really really great work defending and protecting pre-born children and so today we have a wonderful guest on my name is peter i'm the host of the show and the guest that we have is ian spencer an activist with Created Equal in Columbus, Ohio. Ian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me on today, Peter. I'm excited to be here and talking with you. Um, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I'm married, uh, I've been married to um, my wife, Brianna, for uh, almost three years now. And um, uh, I enjoy sports um, a lot. So I love American football, particularly the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, So I was sad they lost in the national championship the other day. Um, and, uh, growing up, I played hockey. So, um, I have, uh, some Canadian roots, um, in my, my grandparents side. And and that was one of my, my favorite things to do growing up. Yes, that's great. I am a sports fan as well. I don't know anything about American football. However, (laughs) what I do know is that the NHL has just resumed here, uh, in Canada. So I'm, I'm excitedly watching that and, uh, the, the Leafs won the other night. So we're off to a good start. But could you tell us why you got involved in the pro-life movement? Yeah, um, I've been working with Created Equal for about five years now, a little over five years. Um, growing up, I grew up in a, a Christian family, and um, my father was a pastor, and uh, we grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, and there was an abortion facility uh, not far from our house. So um, once a week, our church would go out and pray in front of that abortion facility, and um, so from a very young age, I knew what abortion was and um, just was honestly terrified by, by what it was. Um, and uh, as I grew older, um, uh, my family continued to do things. Um, and eventually, uh, Seth Dreyer, who is the vice president of Created Equal, ended up marrying my oldest sister. Um, so I, uh, I got introduced to through to Created Equal um, through him and started uh, going on their justice rides, which are week-long trips um, where high school and college students from around the country um, come together and go out onto high school and college campuses, uh, much like you guys do in Canada. And um, we receive the training and then we go onto the campuses and and just engage in conversations. And um, I remember my first day going onto a campus and uh, just seeing people change their minds on abortion, um, seeing the the reality of what abortion was, what it was doing to these little uh, preborn humans, and um, it was so cool. I just thought, wow, like cultural change is happening right now. And as a, a 14, 15 year old kid, um, I was able to to have an impact um, in people changing their minds on abortion. And so it was, I knew it was something that I I wanted to continue doing, no matter um, how my life progressed, and uh, 
So as I um, near the end of high school, I interned with Created Equal. Um, that was a really good experience for me, just continuing to get worldview training. Um, and I thought I might want to do pro-life uh, apologetics and, and ministry um, in my future. Uh, but I was off to um, college at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Uh, I did um, some online schooling there for my first year, which is where I met my wife. And um, we uh, dated long distance for um, about two years before we got married. And during that time, um, I ended up uh, stopping my online schooling and um, beginning working full time with Created Equal. Um, so now at Created Equal, I'm the, the director of programs. I um, organize our events and, and get us out onto campus as much as we can during the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, the challenges have risen dramatically over the past year. Uh, it's been absolutely crazy. But Ian, one of the things I love hearing is stories of people who didn't join the, the pro-life movement later on in life, didn't join in university or something because they saw an image or were challenged, but joined because their family was involved, their parents were involved, they were discipled from a young age on how to defend the the preborn, they went to the abortion mill with their families, and they learned not from you know some other organization from but from their parents, which is something I really, really, really respect. And that's one of the things I want to do with my children, and I hope that so many people who are listening want to do that as well, is to raise up the next generation to be defenders of the most mar marginalized and vulnerable in our society, the preborn children. So, but, you know, you have this conviction that you need to do something for the babies. You need to, to fight abortion. Um, but a lot of people say that, and, and not many of them end up being full-time in the movement. Uh, you got married during the time you were in college. You uh, obviously got more expenses and, and you had to settle down a little bit and think about your future. So my question for you is, why did you d decide to do this on a full-time basis? Yeah, um, I think it's kind of twofold. Uh, one is that I, I realized while I was in college um, and in high school that that wasn't something that I was doing uh, already. I wasn't able to dedicate as much time to it as I wanted to. Um, and then also, uh, I, I've heard Greg Cunningham from the Center for Bioethical Reform say that we're never going to um, end abortion or abolish abortion until we have as many people working full time um, in the movement as those on the, the pro-abortion side do. And so, um, I really just felt that that was on my heart that um, I could see uh, the same things happening. I could see uh, people being discipled and, and coming to Christ through the, the work that I was already doing and um, and just realizing the, the humanity of the unborn and um, just the need that we needed to, to be a part of it. Um, so seeing those those people change their minds, seeing lives saved through it uh, was ultimately the, the nail in the coffin that got me here. I remember the very first time I went out and did activism uh, with with a team uh, at CCBR, and I was so nervous. I was unbelievably nervous. I remember going out and ha having this extended washroom washroom break, trying to find the washroom on the far end of town. And hopefully, by the time I returned, activism was done because I was just I was scared. I was scared of what people were going to say. I was scared of being out there talking about abortion. Now, was this something that you had as well? I mean, you talked about going on your first justice ride. You talk about seeing shifts in the culture, real cultural change happening. 
Were you nervous? Were you totally like, I got this, extremely confident in your abilities? Or how did you feel on the very first time that you went out and did activism? Yeah, definitely, definitely was not relaxed. <laughs> I had the same feelings. Um, it was just terrifying. Um, like talking with people who were uh, four or five, six years older than me um, about a, a topic that um, brings out oftentimes the worst in people. Um, and so it was terrifying. And uh, I... I felt like I didn't know what I should say. I had had so much apologetics training and then I went to do it and I just like my mind felt blank. Um, and so I remember the first conversation that I had, um, a guy started talking, talking with me and um, he said something. I don't remember uh, exactly what his argument was, but I remember just sitting there uh, looking at him for a couple seconds, just stumbling and, and just kept, kept saying, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and um, eventually he said, well, I've, I've got to get to class. And that was just like, Oh my gosh, like I felt like devastated that I had let down um, like preborn children. And so um, I, I didn't want to ever feel that way again. Um, and uh, there still are, are challenging times and, and still times where I leave a conversation. I'm like, oh my gosh, like why did I say that? I should have um, responded with this or, or why did I let that person go too soon? Um, but it was just, uh, you know, continually going back and, and talking with people um, after the outreach, uh, talking with, you know, Seth and, and the others who were already here at Created Equal and asking, like, what should I have said in this this instance? Um, and just, you know, trying to make it a, a muscle memory type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? I, the more we do something, the better we get at it. The more we have conversations about abortion, the better we're going to get at them, the more confident we're going to get. We're going to be able to understand the arguments and be able to respond accordingly in an effective and winsome way. Now, you've done this for several years. You've had so many conversations with people, tons of testimonies and stories. Could you share with us one of the best stories that you have from your time on the streets? Yeah, um, yeah, there, there are a lot of a lot of great stories and, and just really cool things like cool uh, instances that God chooses to work through us. Um, and uh, one of those was I think it was before I was um, on staff with Created Equal. I had come to an outreach that they were doing here in Columbus and um I was standing next to a photo of an aborted baby and um, this, this guy walked through and his name was Dante. And um, I asked Dante what he was thinking about abortion. And um, he just, he just looked so shocked that I was asking him. And uh, so I was asking him what he thought. And he was saying, well, I think it's a, a woman's choice and she should be able to do what she wants. Um, and so I, you know, uh, did what I do in most conversations and asked him a lot of questions about why he believed that, what he thought the differences were between a preborn child and a born child. Um, and just kept referring, you know, back to the, the baby that was on the picture that I was standing next to. And um, towards the end of our conversation, uh, he was, I could tell he was really starting to change his mind. And he said, you know, it's, it's really fascinating that you're here today because I just found out um, a few hours ago that my girlfriend is pregnant and we're considering abortion. Um, and so we continued and I, I kept talking to him about why, you know, he shouldn't do that and why he should keep his child and um, what he needed to do for his, his girlfriend. And um, so we exchanged phone numbers so that I could continue to talk to him. And um, I texted a few more times with him and, and it was unclear if he was going to keep the baby or not. Um, and he, in the meantime, had friended me on Facebook. And um, so I tried to stay in touch and, and eventually he just stopped responding. Uh, but a few months later, Six or seven months later, I saw a picture he posted on Facebook of um, his little boy uh, that was born. And um, that was just awesome. Like seeing that uh, it wasn't instantaneous, um, but it was just how uh, the continued conversation was able to have an impact on him. Um, and uh, just the, the situation of being able to be there right away when, when he was finding out that, that news. What a moment 
That's absolutely amazing. Just to see how God in his, you know, providential ways brought this person who just found out that his girlfriend was pregnant to have a conversation with you. Your paths crossed. We're able to have that conversation and the child is alive today. That's absolutely amazing. Question for you though. Have you ever been able to meet that child after he or she was born? No, I have not. I would, I would love to, but no, I have not had that opportunity. Oh man. Yeah, no, that would be really, really cool. Uh, to be able to have an opportunity to meet that child. I, I haven't either. I know of children who are alive today because of the work we've done. Never had the opportunity to meet up with them or see them. Uh, I've been to yeah. ultrasounds. I've seen them in ultrasounds, but that's that's been it. Now, as we go out on the streets and have conversations about abortion, we're obviously going to be having some extremely difficult ones as well. We wish every conversation was a changed mind. We wished every conversation was a life saved or every conversation was someone turning to Christ. However, that's not the case. So could you share with us one of the hard conversations you've had as well? One of those conversations that really sticks with you? Yeah, I think um, one of the hard ones that always sticks out to me is, um, I think it was the first time uh, a woman had told me that she was post-abortive. And um, so we had been talking about it, uh, talking about abortion, and um, she was very open to me that she had had an abortion previously. And um, it was hard because... I, I felt so much pain for her um, and it was pain that she wasn't feeling yet. And um, so I was trying to, uh, to show her what had happened to her child and, and to show her why it was wrong. Um, and she understood completely what it was and, and completely that what she had done was, was kill her child. Um, but still was, was, you know, not regretting that decision at all. And was very much, you know, thought that that was a, a great decision for her. Um, and so that was just really hard because I didn't know how to uh, really be able to reach to her heart and um, help her to see, you know, why, why that's wrong, um, but also to, to give her hope um, for the, the future that, um, you know, as a, as a follower of Christ that I have, um, that through the, the sins that I commit and the sins that anyone commits, they can be, be forgiven through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah, that's amazing. And I hope she did accept that news. And that's one of the hard things, right? I mean, we're out there having conversations, but sometimes it's just a 10-minute conversation, a 15-minute conversation. The person leaves to go off to class or on the bus or wherever it might be, and we never have an opportunity to talk to them again, yeah. to follow up, or, or rarely have the opportunity to, to do that. But I really, really do hope she accepted that news. Now, at Created Equal, you do a number of projects. You have the Justice Ride, you have your internships, you spend time out in front of the abortion mill. What's your favorite? What's the one that if you have uh, your own choice, you're allowed to make your own schedule, do whatever you want, what's the project that you're going to go to? Um, that's easy one for me. Uh, I love going to um, the high schools and talking with high school students. Um, they are so much more open to the, the truth of abortion and um, so receptive. And uh, I think it's just that they haven't had so much indoctrination um, within the, the American colleges and universities. And so um, that's my favorite is just being able to go because they see it and they, they recognize very quickly what it is. Oh, that's a that's a baby that's been killed. Um, and there's so much rhetoric that when I'm talking with high school kid or with college kids or um, adults, uh, there's so much rhetoric that has to be cut through uh, with high school students. It's just so easy. Um, it's very easy to take them to the, the humanity of the preborn and for them to see that that's a human being that's being killed. Oh, man, you sound like one of our interns. Um, you know, some of our interns as well say that some of their best projects happen at high schools, the conversations at high school, high schools, because there's not this cloud of rhetoric over uh, so many people 
um, you know, so that they can look at the image but believe in in all the 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 choice and the reproductive rights stuff. Um, but with these <laughs> high school students, you're actually having them look at the images, see what abortion is, and you're able to have rational and logical conversations with them, which is really really cool. It's a great great place to have really good conversations. Now, with Created Equal, you're the director of programs. What, what was it again? Director of programs. To tell us about your role. Yeah. So um, basically, I uh, maintain our outreach schedule. Um, so I'm planning uh, events. I'm planning our justice rides now. I'm planning. Um, we do things called a day of action where it's kind of for like any age group. Our justice rides are more for high school and college students. The day of action is um, really for any anyone of any age to come. And, and it's just a one day thing where they get training. So I help to oversee that. Um, we have we send our team out for uh, weeks on the road um, each semester. And so I'm kind of putting together the logistics and I'm the logistics guy mostly. So um, planning and executing. And uh, we have a summer internship that we run here as well. And, and I'm pretty heavily involved in that too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. So you work for Created Equal. You're in Columbus, Ohio. Perhaps someone's thinking about getting involved. Give us a small pitch for why uh, some of the activists that are, are listening to this should sign up for your internship, sign up for the projects that you guys are doing at Created Equal. Yeah, um, I think it's just, you know, for the, the reason that I said that I came to Created Equal is that I was seeing change taking place. I was seeing babies being saved. I was seeing minds being changed. Um, and we, we have just a, a very special community of all the chaos and, and turmoil that's going on in the world. Um, it's just such a special thing to, to be on the front lines, to be fighting against um, the evil of abortion, and then to have a community of people that you're, you're doing it alongside, of like-minded believers who um, really care about the unborn and, and are, are committed to, to making a difference. So it doesn't have to be full-time. Um, it can be in whatever capacity that you have. Um, if you only have a few hours and you want to volunteer and, and join us for an outreach or, or whatever organization may be in your area, um, that's needed. We need people to, to be able to come alongside and, and support us in those ways. All right. I can see people saying, I would love to join you guys. I, I support you fully. This is work that I think is good. I'm passionate about it, but I'm extremely nervous about going on the streets. What is a message that you have for people who think it's important to get involved, but just can't bite the bullet to actually get out and have that first challenging conversation? Um, what, what do you say to them? I think um, anytime, anytime we, we try a new thing, there's going to be some uh, discomfort in it. Uh, so stepping out of a comfort zone. And um, that's the way that it was for me. And it's still not something that's easy um, for me. I still get nervous when I walk onto a college campus. Um, it's not something that really goes away for me, at least. And um, but I just recognize that there's something greater. If I don't, if I don't take part in this, if I don't um, use my voice to stand up for the, the preborn, who else is going to do it? Um, there are so many people who are doing other things, who are invested in other ministries, and, and those are great ministries to, to support um, and to be a part of, whether it's, you know, helping the homeless or, or feeding the hungry and helping the poor. Those are, are great things, but there are not a lot of people who are um, regularly standing up for the, the preborn, and, and we need more people to come and, and be a part of it. Amen. Yes, thank you so much for that. Ian, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Thanks for having me. I love being here. All right, everyone. That is Ian Spencer of Created Equal, an activist out in Columbus, Ohio, doing some really, really great work defending and protecting preborn children. I hope you're inspired and motivated to get involved as well, wherever you might be. If you need, if you want to learn more about the work that we're doing here in Canada, check us out, endthekilling.ca. And uh, there's a Get Active tab 
um, where you can get active with some of the projects that we're doing. I would like to share with you about some news that we have as the Pro-Life Guys. The Pro-Life Guys is now on Patreon, so you can support us financially through the work we're doing. We have the Pro-Life Guys podcast. We have Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. We have the Pulse, and we have some exciting new things that we're trying to work on as well. And you joining us financially helps us uh, get these projects uh, happening. It helps us get the message out, and it helps us equip people to be better pro-life activists one of the things we have on Patreon, there's there's gifts and merch and things like that that you get for being supporters. And one of them is this book, Stuck, A Complete Guide to Answering Tough Questions About Abortion by my colleague Justina Vinmanen. It is a great book. It includes arguments, uh, pro-abortion arguments from uh, all over the place and arguments that we use, apologetic tactics that we use on the streets. This book is not was not created in you know in someone's basement or or just in the academic circles somewhere else. But the arguments that you're going to find in here, the apologetics that you're going to find in here, uh, have been street tested. They've been time tested. We have seen them time and time and time again change people's hearts and minds on abortion. So that's one of the things you can get. It'll be signed by myself, by my co-host Cameron Cote, and the author herself, Justina. Man, and so go check us out patreon.com backslash pro life guys thank you so much for tuning in my name is peter i'm the host of the show and if you want to learn more about us check us out on, on social media facebook instagram twitter or anywhere else uh, find us on youtube if you're not watching us there right now or check us out at our website prolifeguys.com thank you for tuning in god bless each and every one of you we'll see you again next time <laughs>